Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. As we get older, it becomes increasingly clear that one of the most important resources we need to thrive in our later years is information. Clear, accurate, comprehensive information that helps us live safely, with dignity, and security, especially as many of us age in place. In today's episode, Judy Serino, a community service representative and home care consultant for Home Instead, talks about her wide-ranging role providing critical information and education for seniors and their families, particularly about fraud prevention, but also about topics like immunity and disease prevention and dementia care. Fraud and scams have been stubbornly persistent problems affecting seniors, and the damage they inflict seems to have gotten worse during the pandemic and its aftermath. Judy will identify some of the most prevalent scams and schemes today. Everything from romance fraud, gift card scams, spoofing phone calls, phishing and imposter scams. She'll talk about the way seniors and the families can protect themselves from becoming victims of scams and resources that can help. A passionate senior advocate, Judy will also talk about some other educational programs she provides to help people maintain a healthy lifestyle, as well as managing difficult tasks, such as dementia care for older parents. So now let's meet our guest, Judy Serino. Judy, welcome to the show. Hi, Ron. Thank you so much for having me here. It's my pleasure. Now, Judy, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, um, you know, you provide a lot of valuable information for seniors. Are really an advocate and passionate about, you know, helping seniors. So tell us a little bit about. Uh, I always like to introduce my guests and, and and emphasize two things. One is that my guests are as important as the content about who they are and why they do what they do. Um, and also recognize that life is a journey and that many of my guests come to their, what they're doing now through, you know, interesting journey in itself. So I like to have people describe. So how did you get to where you are today? Thank you. Um, yeah, actually, uh, kind of an interesting journey for me. I wasn't always in the senior care industry. Um, I started out as a graphic artist uh, in advertising and publishing and printing. Uh, and from there, when I was at a magazine, I was art director, and then I started doing a little bit of their uh, sales. So mm. I, I went out in the community, became a sales executive for them as well. I um I guess you could say I had another calling. My hmm. father was um, in maybe mid-stage of Alzheimer's hmm. and at the time living with another family member and he he, he was declining pl- pretty rapidly. And um, I just felt like um, just wanted to take, take on being his caregiver, um, hmm. wanted to help out. Um, he took care of my children when they were young and I started working again. So mm. believe it or not, I called him my Manny. He was my wow. male nanny and, you know, poppy for my kids. And he came to my house, uh, I think it was three times a week, the entire day, changing diapers, feeding them the whole nine yards, taking them out, picking them up when they got older uh, from preschool. And I just knew they were in good hands. So that meant so much to me. And here he is now in need of care. And I felt like it was my turn to help out. And mm. um, 
I don't regret it. It was the most challenging job I ever did, but it um, taught me a lot. And I feel good about the bond that we created together. And even for my children, although it got difficult towards the end, he passed away a few years um, ago. And it was about, he was with me living in my house for about three, a little over three years. So um, we all learned together as a family, but it taught me a lot about dementia, a lot about caregiving, being a caregiver and the senior industry. So I made a lot of contacts in the field and one of them was home instead. Uh, they helped me and gave me respite care, which means basically mm -hmm. allowed me to have time to myself. A lot of times it was just taking care of regular, you know, errands and um, things I had to take care of outside and just sometimes to get away from it all and live my life and have, you know, a social life and um, enjoy my time. And so I had their companions come to my house and they were wonderful. I did notice a difference in the quality of care and the way they did actually care for my father, um, the patients, and they are trained, which I learned later, they're trained in dementia care. So they learn how to handle specific behaviors and how to react uh, to behaviors and how to approach someone with dementia so as not to al alarm them, scare them and make sure they hear you and things like that. So all of that um, led me into uh, the senior industry because when my father had passed, he ended up actually in a rehab uh, nursing home. And then from there, I had gotten a new job um, when he had passed and I got it at home instead because I they were looking for someone in marketing. And so because I had that background and now I had the senior care knowledge, um, it was just a perfect blend. And when people call me, a family member calls me for a referral, I can now relate to them and give my own personal testimony to our caregivers and how great they are. So it all seemed to fit in place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, a, you know, um, representative of a lot of journeys as people get involved in senior care. And what happens is that you're, <laughs> it's an accidental um, right. journey in some ways that you just find yourself in and and as as you discover, you, you, it, the the journey is constantly changing. That's what the challenge, and you need new information and yeah. advice. And uh, during every step of the way, it's like you get to a certain place, and it's like, okay, you plateau here. No, you won't. You're going to move on to the next stage, and and you went through every stage. So yeah, yeah, you picked up a lot of information. Um, so um, and I think one of the other things is that. When you do it uh, in, a, in a home setting like that, you find out how isolated people can be and how do they get information, whether it's home care or, you know, I know that you've uh, given a lot of presentations at uh, assisted living facilities as well. But mm -hmm. the isolation has been an if, a difficult issue uh, for a lot of people, especially, you know, people emphasize it with the pandemic, but it was even before the pandemic. It, right, that, right. Yeah. It's, it's a major issue, isolation. And that's one of the things I talk about in my uh, a lot of the talks I do are, are the scam prevention talks, which mm -hmm. we just discussed earlier. Um, and with the pandemic, actually, the social isolation was so bad that the, the amount of scams um, that were, I think it's just reported scams alone, the number of incidents went up from, uh, it went up 70%, basically, from 300,000 reported to 800,000. Wow. And those are only the ones that are reported. Most people don't even know they can report them, and they they don't know how if they know they can. And so that's what I do. I help people to realize why they should report them. First of all, how to prevent the scam, right. but also how to report them. So that's part of um, 
as being a rep for home instead, I like to educate the community to help be a senior advocate, like you said, and help protect them, those living at home, especially those isolated. Yeah. Let's talk, a little, yeah let's talk a little bit more about that and let's dive into these scams. I mean, it's something, as you mentioned, um, it, it's something that I think uh, was before the pandemic. It accelerated, I think, because people were isolated. And I, I think part of the um, reason was that uh, people, you know, seniors, that people call up seniors and like, they're lonely and they want to talk to people or even, even if you weren't a senior, you're isolated. So, exactly. um, so start, start well, let me ask you first, um, how, how did you get interested in scams, you know, in the first place as that particular expertise of yours? So home instead offered it as one of our family caregiver education programs okay. uh, that kind of stumbled upon when I was looking for topics and uh, personally, um, I had heard stories from people who were scammed and not even just seniors, just people even my age or right. younger. Um, I started to hear a lot about it, seeing it on the news. And I don't know what it is, just maybe for my love of seniors, especially, I just, it just irritated me so much that these, the fact that they're getting away with it is the hardest thing to accept that they're doing it from the other side of the world other countries and um, they're doing it as a business. This is their full-time job is to scam people and that's how they make a living. And um, there's just not much recourse we have. It, even if you report it to the police, they're not, it's not like they're going to, you know, knock down someone's door and, and bust them. They're, they're not here. They're not, it's, it's, it's so difficult. Probably less than 1% of cases are, you know, found it they they find the the criminal and and can prosecute them i i doubt any of them ever see a court in the united states so but they're taking billions from us actually um the statistic is that seniors lose an estimated just under four billion dollars a year billion with a b dollars mm. and that's seniors 65 and over um so you know it's just it, it just really um just got got to me that you know something has to be done and the number one weapon we have against this is awareness hmm. so the more people the more i can spread this to you know to people to say these are the signs you know here's the top scams here's how to recognize them i even give them um links uh, uh websites on the irs here and there and even on youtube believe it or not there's um what they call scam baiters uh, cybersecurity professionals in IT that actually bait the scammers in pretending that they're older. They use voice. Uh, I don't know if you, you probably know what it's called. It, it alternates your voice, but mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. so it changes it so that it sounds like an old person. So when they're on the phone, the scammer thinks they have live bait and they go for it. And then they end up getting into the, a lot of the, the methods they use is to get onto the seniors computers, right? Right. Or whatever. Um, and then they'll get into their files. So when the um, this person, uh, cybersecurity professional who does this for a living to bait scammers, he'll get into their system while they're thinking they're scamming him. He's getting into their files, deleting their files, finding out where they live, like where they're headquartered, you know, wherever they're. A lot of these people are working out of offices, like a professional office in cubbies. They have their laptops. They have managers. I mean, it, it's crazy, but he has taken down some of these call centers, as they're called. A lot of information on this is in the AARP magazine, by the way. A lot of times they do specials. They did one whole uh, full uh, front page article on that. 
but it's really interesting. So I do my part and whatever I can do to just spread that awareness so that people know how to stop a scam, recognize it and just stop it right in its tracks before yeah. it goes any further. Yeah. It's tough. I think people think, oh, I can figure this out. And, and these, these folks are, are really good. Oh yeah, they <laughs> you know, are. They're very well trained. They know how to gain people's trust. Um, and, um, and then sometimes I think um, they they they're sales tactics are just like any high pressure salespeople, and they get you involved, and they mm -hmm. and, and they uh, force you into to do things and and, and open your computer. And afterward, this, as you can might imagine, this happened to me once. <laughs> right. Well, I was just going to say it happened to a friend of mine. What they mm -hmm. do is seniors, especially, are very vulnerable and emotional and caring. And they right. can't even imagine. They're so trusting. How could someone make up a story, especially romance scams? Oh, someone's going to befriend me for months and months and months and then suddenly ask for money. That can't be a scam. You know, they 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 really love me or uh, like you said, maybe on your computer. I'll, I guess we'll hear your story. But I, I know someone who after hearing my talk. She was scammed thinking she had a virus and someone came in and deleted all her. They said, your files will be deleted if you don't let me, you know, clear your computer. And she paid them and they messed up her computer anyway. So um, it's scary out there. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's the I, I think the first thing that probably one of the things you advise, <clears throat> advise your seniors is don't be susceptible to these pressures. I mean, just right. just hang up. That's what I tell them. First of all, they want to deactivate that. They call it the, um, the what's that? The front of your brain, that the functional part that thinks logically is shut down when you're panicking. So right. if you're in panic mode, you're not going to be thinking clearly. Uh, the, the one is the grandparent scam when they call and say your grandchild's in trouble. If anyone says, send me money right now, or a company says, send me money or a gift card, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But right. it's, it's a, like they're trying to play to your emotions. So don't panic. You know, right. so and I would yeah. tell them to call the number on your bank statement, your credit card statement, or the back of your card, not the number that you know. Don't deal with them. Hang up the phone. Get any information you want. Ask them who they are, where they are from, and their phone numbers and names. But half the time they'll hang up because they know you're asking too many questions. Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. Uh, so what I want to do is is talk more specifically about some of these scams. Um, um, uh, we're going to come up with a break pretty soon, but let's start talking about some of them. So you, you mentioned some of them, and we just came off of you know Valentine's Day month. Uh, you know, so uh, there are these romance scams. Um, right. So just tell a little bit more about what those are about, and then we'll we'll move on to some others. Okay, give me a five second warning because sure. on. Um, so with romance scams. Um, they'll start out, like I said, maybe messaging someone on Facebook or email you, um, uh, social media, just wanting to be friends, just saying, oh, I'm overseas, usually overseas, and uh, they'll want to befriend you, or all of a sudden, they're starting to fall in love with you. You never met in person, but this is a red flag. They suddenly are totally in love with you, maybe want to marry you or meet up with you when you've only been talking to them a few times. So that's one red flag. Another red flag is the grammar in text messages, emails, uh, the messaging on Facebook, the apps. It looks strange because that's not their native. English wouldn't be their native language. So they're right. using capitals in the wrong places and punctuation. Uh, and then there's a few more signs if I don't know if I have time before the sure. break. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, um, so the other thing they'll do is 
use all this romantic language if, if this is a romance scam and what you can do to see if it's real or not. If somebody question, maybe a friend even is concerned for you and you're like, no, this can't be, you know, a scam. It's real. They, they're really in love with me. So what you want to do is cut the, um, on the computer, you can copy the text from the email or even your phone and then plug it into Google search bar. And a lot of times what will come up, Ron, is the lyrics to a poem or a song. Wow. They don't speak English well. So they're trying to, they just figure, oh, let's copy this song and put it in there. And it, if it sounds too good to be true, right? <laughs> Usually is. So so someone who does that to you and does it so quickly and all, and they never met you, but they know, oh, we're meant for each other. And they talk a lot about God too and being so Christian and good because they want to appeal to that side of people. So they trust them. Right. So um, that's what so let's the- good. So let's, let's, uh, we're going to take a quick break from here. Uh, it's a good okay. uh, time to take a break. Uh, when we come back though, we'll be talking much more with Judy Serino about um, frauds and scams and how to prevent them. So don't go anywhere. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks, to 45 Forward. We're talking with Judy Serino, a senior advocate who provides terrific educational programs for seniors about fraud prevention and other key areas. Um, before the break, we were talking to Judy about some uh, some of the more prevalent scams these days and we're going to continue with some of the, the major ones but before we do that i just want to you know give julie an opportunity to talk a little bit about you know um where she what what her base is from for producing some of these uh, programs uh her work at home instead and work with the community there so tell us a little about that job and then we'll uh, go on again with scams Okay, great. Thank you, Ron. Um, Yeah, so Home Instead is a home care agency. However, we don't only um, assist people at homes. Maybe they're in their uh, in a senior living community, whether it's independent community or assisted living. And we assist with daily activities. Um, So there's two sides to the business. I work out of two offices on Long Island. There are five locations and it is worldwide. So Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I work out of our Hophog and Huntington offices. Hophog offers both companion care and licensed aids. Huntington offers just the companion care. And I'll talk a little bit about the difference here. So a companion would be Uh, A caregiver that comes in your home and assists you with your daily activities. Um, Maybe you just want even the basic care would be just for companionship. And again, like we were talking about isolation, a lot of people are isolated or maybe they need help connecting with family members on FaceTime once in a while. But, But beyond that, they can prepare meals. The caregivers can do your meal preparation, cooking, cleaning, uh, light housekeeping. 
and medication reminders. All of Mm -hmm. our caregivers are non-medical. They don't administer medication or anything medical, but they will leave the medications out. And the companions have transportation. So they'll have a car to drive the clients to doctor's offices, sit there, take notes, report it back to the family. They also keep an eye on the client to make sure if they're having signs of dementia, like we discussed, or any other signs, maybe physically, you know, they're having more trouble getting around, they need to see a doctor, they will keep the office and the family uh, aware of any significant changes in behavior or even mental behavior that they need to keep an eye on. And the the aides, on the other hand, usually they, they do not have the, the um, transportation. They're more hands-on care. When someone maybe just had surgery, they can't get around um, mm-hmm. and they need someone to help them uh, with ambulation, meaning like... It, in and out of um, the bathtub, bathing, and then grooming and dressing, you know, helping change them and do Mm -hmm. whatever they have to do, clean them up. So any hands-on care like that would be uh, with our aid and our office is licensed for that. Right. And and it's private pay. And we also accept long-term care insurance. So it's not through Medicare or Medicaid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, strict with background checks because it is a worldwide franchise. So, and right. we have programs, and right. like I said, in dementia and all that. Yeah. So, thanks for that, Judy. I mean, I know that it's a bit of a sidebar, but for the sake of our listeners, I want to know what your background is, what you do, and what your company does. But there's also a connection to the, what we're talking about because um, one of the things um, that's a very big push these days, and I and I applaud it, is to that people say they want to. Um, age in place. They want to stay at home, but how do they do it? Um, and so uh, in many cases, uh, people uh, don't have very good means of, of staying at home and they need to be connected. And they're, they're vulnerable to issues like fraud when being at home. So that's why, you know, there, there are interconnections between, you know, how do you care for people? How do you protect them um, uh, when they're at home or, or in an assisted living facility or other kind of communities. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm glad we took that little side trip. Um, but uh, and, and now uh, just getting back and, and talking about some of the, the scams and frauds uh, that you you encounter most these days. So give us, you know, uh, you know, two or three more of them that that you uh, feel are especially prevalent today. Well, one of the big ones, um, this I could just touch upon. A lot of people already familiar with it. I know I've gotten the call. You probably have the IRS or Social Security scam. It's called a robocall because Mm -hmm. the um, scammers program their computer to put up a bunch of recorded calls. Uh, Sounds like a recording. And it says that, you know, you owe us money and or something, some kind of business dealing with social security, they might pretend, you know, there's something going on with your account and we need your number. Um, So they'll call you and a lot of times threaten you. If you don't pay up, we will fine you, you'll go to jail. But there's two things you have to remember with these calls. Number one, the IRS or social security will never call you. Mm -hmm. They mail you letters. A lot of people know this already, but some don't and they get scared. And when I got the call, I was thinking too, I didn't answer it. And that's the other big takeaway from my talks is never pick up a number you don't recognize because that Mm -hmm. is going to eliminate probably 75% of your scams right there, right off the bat. And they keep track. Scammers have Excel sheets, right? And they keep computer listings. They, They pay for marketing lists with our 
phone our phone numbers and addresses on it and they keep little notes next to each one whoever picked up the phone if they always pick up they're like oh this is a live one keep calling and if they don't pick up they're like all right you know this one isn't good it's not answering they're not answering so they keep track so you want to make sure that you know that the IRS or social security will never call you and they will never threaten you they don't threaten you over the phone um and this is also related to the next common scam mm-hmm. grandparent scam i don't know if you heard of that one a lot of people yep from their grandchild it's not their grandchild and the the grandparent will pick up the phone and they'll say hey grandma or grandpa and right away you notice they don't give their name they'll say oh who is this and or okay so if they say who is this they'll say oh you know who it is your favorite grandchild so they'll make them feel bad for not knowing their name so oh okay so they'll the grandparent will play along because they don't mm-hmm. want to feel guilty they don't know which grandchild's calling and also they might say oh is this Joey and meanwhile this you just gave the scammer your grandchild's name so they're like yeah it's me Joey I'm in trouble I'm in the hospital I was arrested um please don't tell mom and dad um I don't want to get in trouble but I need money and he might even put a friend on the phone pretending to be the sergeant or his attorney saying you have to send us money right now. Or the latest thing they do is they hire money mules from within the United States who sometimes don't even know they're part of a scam. They just applied for a job to pick up a box and deliver it somewhere. Mm -hmm. So they might show up at your door like within a half an hour to an hour. And this happened to someone locally came to me after a talk. Their grandfather lost $8,000 in an hour. He was on the phone with them and they stay on the phone with you. That's another reason how you know it's a scam because they wait until you go to the bank. They say, don't remember, what are you going to, and they coach you. They say, what are you going to tell the bank teller? You're going to say that your 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 son, you know, is in trouble and you're just, uh, or whatever, you just need money for a bill or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going on vacation. You want to take some money out. They make up stories so that they don't get questioned and, and they don't make sure that the senior you know, figures it out. So he went to the bank, took the money out. Somebody came to his front door with a box of, um, and, and took the box and he put it in a box. And that's another thing. They tell you to stack it in between books and wrap it in tinfoil, all of these things. Obviously you're not dealing with a professional agency, right? And also, um, cause I've done talks with, um, assistant police commissioner here in Suffolk. And uh, she said, first of all, the number one thing is you will never get a phone call asking for money for a loved one, uh, bail money on the phone, and you need to give it to us right now before you hang up. Like that just doesn't happen. So that's another way they scare you into it, right? We talked about how the emotions uh, are at play here. So take advantage. So that's another big one. And basically what you want to do with the grandparent scam, hang up the phone and call your grandchild back or your son or daughter. And- and you know what? This just happened locally because most of the time you'll find out they're sitting at home, right? Or they're out or they're at work. Um, a couple here in Long Island just fell for it. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. They were about to fall for it. They were got suspicious when the person said someone's going to come to the door and pick up the money. Your son is in trouble uh, and someone's going to come pick up the money. Then they got a little suspicious. So luckily they hung up and called their son and they were so convinced it was a real, uh, he was really in trouble. The son said, no, I'm home. I'm fine. He's on the phone with them. He had to go on to FaceTime to show them he was in his apartment because they kept saying, it's okay if you're in jail, we will 
back you up. Don't worry, where, which jail is it? Like they really still thought he was in jail. Wow. And I had to show them, look, I'm in my apartment. So that's how convincing they are, right? You don't even have to be older and a little out of it, a little dementia to get tricked by them. They're, they really make it sound so professional. Yeah. 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 One of the, uh, the it's amazing that their proficiency um, and, yeah. and now things are getting scarier online where people can really simulate your voice. They can simulate your image. Yeah. Um, you know, so you really have to have like uh, double or triple checks on these things. Just like, I mean, even, you know, when you, when you want to, you know, um, log on to certain accounts now, you have to, you know, double checks right you right and i talk about that uh two-step authentication in your accounts Mm -hmm. like when you're doing banking online even amazon has it credit card companies on their website instead of just entering a password which a scammer can hack somehow get your information maybe you share your birth date or your 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 friends uh your children's birthdays or anniversary dates whatever or your dog's name and that's your password so if they follow you and they get into your accounts they could figure it out so what it does is it asks you for a four-digit code that they'll send to your phone as a text so then you enter that in so that's always a good way to protect yourself online when you're entering information into an account yeah, a lot of, and I see just a whole proliferation of the of emails and now texts where you get these false notifications, right? Like, oh, there's a package for you, you know? Right, UPS and- scams. Yep, all the time. And that's, they just want you to click on that link and that's how they get you. So that's my number one advice is never click on a link that you, that is coming unsolicited, even if it says it's from Chase, because they can copy the Chase logo off of their website and make up their own website. Like I said, this is their full-time job. They become, uh, they've become IT professionals and know how to design websites. And I'm going to get into how I actually fell for a scam. This was just last year and I've been doing okay. this for years. Um, but I know one of the scam baiters, he fell for a scam too. So that's how good they are. They're tricking the people who who know about it and are aware. Um, one was for an ad on Instagram mm-hmm. and it looked totally legitimate from Wayfair for some plant items, three left and and it had a PayPal um, box on there for in, uh, to enter your PayPal password. So that's, I don't, for listeners who don't use an intermediary payment source. That's like, um, what do they call like a Venmo? So, so it helps you because you don't have to enter your credit card information when you're buying merchandise online. You're just entering your PayPal password and it gets you in and PayPal has your credit card information, right? Right. So I did it that way thinking, okay, this has got, got to be legitimate. It's on Instagram. I'm thinking that they actually scan their website for scams and things like that. But obviously they don't because a week later I didn't get the plant pots I ordered or whatever it was. And I called Wayfair and they said, we don't sell that product. Check your email from PayPal and see who the sellers, what the seller's email was. And it was some jarbled name at gmail.com, which I never thought to check because I ordered it late at night. Um, I got in and it had PayPal. I'm thinking this is a professional site, but that's how good they are. They make it look so real. So the trick here, and even my kids knew this, which I was happy they almost laughed at it. How could you fall for that? I said it was late. I was tired. I just clicked it and did it. But when it took me to their website to pay, I didn't check the HTTP address at the top. And it wasn't Wayfair, I'm sure. I don't remember if I even looked at it. But that's what you want to do if you're going to click a link, which you probably shouldn't. I would. I should have gone right to Wayfair's website, right, and bought it directly. 
So even when you're on these apps, Facebook, Instagram, you still have to be aware and check that what you're looking at is real because they can trick you. Right. And I got my money back, by the way, I want to say I disputed it through PayPal. So they were aware because they saw the Gmail address. So that was the good ending for me. And it was only $70. But there are people losing $700,000. Right. And our friend lost $2 million on a romance scam. Wow. Unbelievable. It lasted two years. Uh, And they never met in person. But that's how good they are. They just trick you. They have excuse after excuse. And uh, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, well, I, I see a proliferation of these email, um, fake emails, and so I, I was just, you know, now I look at the, <laughs> at the email address, and it's usually, mm-hmm. you know, it's it could be FedEx or UPS or something, but then it's at blah blah blah. It's like, no, no, that's not a legitimate. Right. Uh, They'll even put Amazon or FedEx in their email somewhere, so it looks official. Right. So- you know, to to the untrained eye, it might look real. So yeah, that's yeah. why you don't want to use whatever link they send you or a phone number. Don't call it. If they say they're from Chase, Citibank. You use the bank card you have and look at the back of it. Find the number on that. That's the number you call or use your bank statement, the customer service number on there. Or then you Google it. Make sure you're in their right you know, website. Um, and that's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's I did that once. We're like, oh, no, your computer's going to shut down. Call this number to help. And it took me a few minutes to realize, oh, no, this is the scammer. It's not the helpline. Right. <laughs> and a lot of times they'll say, oh, like Amazon, I'll get a text that uh, Amazon noticed some fraudulent activity to your account. Now they want you to click, click a link or whatever to get into your account. We need your password. We need your account number. We need this. We need that from wherever. But they're telling you that there's scamming going on. Meanwhile, they're the scammer. So that's why it also gets us all nervous. And, oh, my gosh, I have to fix this. But, again, what I do with those Amazon texts, I ignore them, and I go right to my app. It's on my phone. I open it up. I go on my orders. I see, was anything weird ordered? Because it'll say, someone just purchased an iPhone for $2,000 on your you know, account. And I go in my account, and it's not there. So I realize it's a scam. Exactly. You know, it's like, and, and I figure if, if I get one of those and, and it's one of these high pressure, I get to fix this now. It's like, you know what? If this is real and I really owe something, they'll get back to me. Right. <laughs> so- if you owe them money, right. But we'll talk about maybe after the break, I know we have a break up, but um, of how now they, they're they also doing what's called a refund scam. They make mm-hmm. it look like they owe you money. So you're thinking, oh, this can't be a scam because I'm getting money back. But um, I don't know if I have time to get into it now. But well, why don't we why don't we take a uh, take our break now, and we, when we come back, we'll we'll dive right into that and take care of that. So, folks, uh, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we'll be talking much more with Judy Serino about scams and frauds that affect seniors. So, don't go away. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, 
please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Judy Serino, a senior advocate who provides terrific educational programs for seniors about fraud prevention and other key issues. So before the break, we were talking to Judy about um, a litany of scams, and we were talking, uh, we started to talk a little bit about refund scams. So why don't we, we finish up talking about that and then move into some other stuff? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so this is another big one, and it really gets people because the scammer approaches you as posing as, um, you know, uh, maybe Amazon or Microsoft saying your warranty is up and they will say that we owe you money. It's a refund. So you think, okay, this can't be a scam. I'm getting money. But what happens is they will, in a nutshell, I'll try to keep it brief, but um, they will convince you to get, to allow them access to your computer saying, we're going to deposit the money right into your account. And then for a while, your screen might go blank. So there are legitimate websites out there, like go to my PC, I think it's called, or um, there's a few others that I actually use when I was a graphic artist to have somebody have uh, remote access. Right. Maybe the IT guy wants to fix your computer. You put in a code or whatever it is. So that's what they do. Um, and they get into your computer and you log into your bank account, say. And now they have your bank account info, but not only do they have that, um, they won't see your account number, I don't think, but what they can do is transfer money to make it look like they put money into your account. But meanwhile, they transferred from your savings into your checking and you can't see it. So they hide it from you or they make a fake screen that looks like a bank screen and makes it look like they deposited money. And in the meantime, they're getting information. And then what they also do is I told you it's like a full-time job for them. Yeah. Mm. Also, um, make tell you to like let's say they say, Oh, your warranty expired. This is Microsoft, we owe you money. Why don't you enter the money? I'll you you could do it yourself if you don't trust me. Put three hundred dollars into your checking account. So you go into deposit three hundred, you you type three zero zero, they're on the other end controlling the computer. Now they they quickly drop in two extra zeros. And now it looks like $30,000 was deposited and you keep trying to hit 300 and you keep saying, you know, something's wrong. It's not working. And they're like, no, it looks like good on my end. And then when it goes through, it's $30,000, but it didn't really go through. It went through, but he says, oh my gosh, what did you do? Or maybe he'll say he made the mistake. You put $30,000 into your account. I'm going to get fired. And I've heard this on these YouTube scam baiter guys they the actual scam take place and it's it actually is fun and interesting to watch you end up rooting for these guys and you want them to take down those scammers because they'll make up it's so sad they will cry oh i'm gonna lose my job i have a family i have children and they make it sound like you know oh i can't get in trouble so this is what where this involves gift cards we uh, maybe touched upon it before mm -hmm. So now you owe them whatever it is, $29,700. So um, either they're going to make you transfer the money right over to them and they'll they'll give you an account to put it into, or they'll tell you, I don't want my boss to see this. I'll get fired because this is bad. You know, I'm in trouble. So they'll say, um, 
okay, go to the local 7-Eleven or store. They'll even do a Google map because they usually know where you live, which is scary enough. And they can say, go to this 7-Eleven or CVS or Target and go get a gift card in this amount. And you can read off the numbers to me and then they cash it in online. One thing you have to know, if and the, the, the other way they use gift cards uh, as part of a scam is through saying they're from a utility company or a bill collector that needs money. And maybe their systems are down or something's going on. And this is their new method that you got to give them a gift card. You go buy a Visa gift card or whatever and read the number to me and I'll plug it in. And that's how you can pay us. And you're all clear. Otherwise, we're going to fine you or you're going to go to jail. You're going to pay interest. And I, again, another it was on the news. A couple fell for this. And I think they lost over $100,000 over a span of a few months that this mm-hmm. guy kept calling saying, you owe money, you owe money. So um of the time, the red flag is gift card. If anyone says anything that you owe money in any form, way, shape, or form that you owe them money and you're going to pay it in a gift card, it's a scam. Okay? So that's the really big takeaway from that. And whether they say they owe you a refund, again, you're not going to trust who's coming to you saying, I'm going to give you your refund. Where are you calling from? Microsoft? Okay. What is this regarding? My computer? Great. Hang up. Call Best Buy or Apple or whoever you got your computer from. Or hopefully what I tell people is keep that list on your, you know, office wall or in your kitchen of all of your, your uh, IT, you know, phone numbers, customer service for, or maybe you bought, which, which I also encourage, you know, security on your computer. You want to have those scanware, malware things on there. So you pay for that at these stores or online. And that is the number you call. You don't Mm -hmm. let someone call you and say, they're going to fix your computer. What happened to my friend was they were in the middle of doing taxes and somehow a scammer got, I don't know if they saw a pop-up window or got an email your computer has a virus on it and you're going to, all of your files are going to get lost and deleted if you don't call me and I'll fix it. They ended up paying him probably thousands of dollars, um, unfortunately. So people get panicked, right? And that's what they think they have to do. But we have to remember, if you think logically, again, you slow down, take a deep breath and think before you act, you'll realize, does Microsoft have money to hire people to get, and how would they get into our computer and know that we have a virus on our personal laptop? They're not connected to it. Okay, so we have to stop and think before we fall for this. And again, don't trust the person coming to you. Call the number that you have or that you're going to look up separately. Right. I, you know, uh, some of these security um, um, uh, software that I, you can put on, I, I do see even, um, even as we were talking, my email has a pop-up from my security system saying uh, we've identified uh, potential phishing trying to connect with Microsoft. We've cleaned the file. Mm. So, there, there are good security systems, and I think uh, yeah. also now on uh, on uh, on my phone, uh, I, just as you mentioned earlier, um, if you don't recognize a call, I don't pick it up. And now my now my um, sometimes they may be incorrect, but they they have you know you have one of these uh, screen identifiers saying potential spam risk. I'm like, okay, won't answer that. You know, again, if, right. if people. If people really want me, they'll leave a message and I'll call them back, you know. Right. So, 
That is the key takeaway. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what you don't pick up the phone. That's what voicemails for and messages on home phones. But like you said, a lot of seniors are so isolated and lonely. They're emotionally vulnerable. And they sometimes they know I actually get people uh, saying that they know it's a scam, but they'll stay on just to to give them a hard time. I said, well, be careful with that because you never know. They might somehow and sometimes not even just for romance purposes, a scammer will call a senior pretending that they lost their mother or father or grandparent. And, oh, you sound like such a sweet, nice lady. I wish you were my grandmother. And they call you every day. How are your kids? How's the grandkids? How's everything? And you talk and you talk. And eventually you become friends with this person from around the world who you don't know. And believe it or not, I know seniors, of course, of, of all people, I'm trusting, but they don't believe someone would be that evil. But yes, they befriend you so that they can ask you for money. Oh, I'm in the hospital. And they call you grandma. You know, right. so it's not always just romance. They're just yeah. to get get into your mind and, you know, get in there and in yeah. your heart, which is sad. They, they yeah. really feed your emotions. So, Judy, what what? What resources are there if you feel that you have been scammed? So one of the things you mentioned earlier is that people are embarrassed and they feel right. sometimes that, uh, that well, I think, I think especially, you know, older people are worried that their kids are going to think that they're incompetent and they, you know, they right. shouldn't be living independently. So what, what do people do in terms of reporting it or um, taking action afterward? Right, right. Um, one thing I forgot to mention to help with the calls is to get on the do not call list. It's do okay. not call.gov, G-O-V. Um, you can also remove yourself from um, mailing lists and things like that, in online search. Just do a search for online search removal. Um, but also what you want to do is always report a scam if you know that you're, you gave out credit card information or your parent or loved one has. Um, what you want to do is report it to the police that you were a victim of identity theft or, or fraud because let's say they have your account number or your social security number now. It's not too late to at least not be um, responsible for any accounts that are open because you're going to what you want to do is go through your bank statements or your loved one, especially if they live alone and they don't do their finances themselves, go through their bank statements, their credit cards every month, make sure no strange charges, maybe from another state or country. And you know, your mom or dad's sitting at home and hasn't gone anywhere. A lot of times credit cards will um, give you an alert or, or decline a payment. Like someone was just telling me their credit card wasn't used in two years and all of a sudden had a, a lot, a large amount from somewhere and they declined it, which was great. And they contacted them. So they were able to, you know, stop it and nip it in the bud. But, um, when you file for a police report, what it does is gives you, you get a copy of it and you keep it at home so that when you do get your annual credit report, which I encourage people to do once a year, you get a free one from each of the three credit bureaus. When you get that report, you're going to scan it for any new accounts that were opened in your name. And if you know anything isn't in your name and let's say you owe a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, the creditor now is in it. They're going to come after you. But if you have that police report saying I was a victim of identity theft and you can prove, you know, which card it was or just keep a, a very accurate record, you're going to call the credit card company, ask for the fraud department, then you will not be responsible for those debts. OK, so right. that's why you want to report it. Right. Right. And I know that uh, you've done some work uh, in conjunction with ARP, and I think they have a very 
a robust um, uh, fraud prevention network. Uh, actually, I had uh, Kathy Stokes from the Fraud Prevention Network on last year talking about their programs. Uh, right. You can look it up on, on my archive. I think it's last September 19th. But um, um, it, it's, you know, I'm glad to talk with you, Judy, because you're, you're in the field. You, you know, you hear from seniors, you're face-to-face, you, you hear what's going on on the ground. So um, uh, we just have a few minutes before the ending. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, some, the fact that you do other programs in addition to fraud prevention. Um, so what are, I know you work with uh, nutrition and disease prevention as well. Yeah, um, and dementia. And you know what, Ron, as you were speaking, I just one more note on that. Sure. Uh, you're just talking about on the fraud. Um, I forgot to t- mention to people to do a fraud alert. You can contact your credit bureau and just with one agency you uh, put out there that you want to do a fraud alert, which gives extra, extra security into your accounts and no one can open it unless they have certain security question answers. Mm-hmm. So that will help. Um, anyway, so I also do talks on uh, dementia prevention, because I have a background as also a certified integrative nutrition health coach. Mm -hmm. I used to teach classes in um, to help prevent disease naturally, and weight loss. And I, um, so that's something I was doing on the side. And I learned a lot when taking care of my father about preventing dementia. In fact, his neurologist said that he was kind of way ahead of the curve, I guess you could say, when he would visit with him, he saw that he was able to do certain things. He knew when he was hungry, he knew how to unzip his jacket and find a snack and open a granola bar, something simple like that, right? Which you think like, oh, how that doesn't sound like a big deal. But at his stage where he had progressed, the doctor said he shouldn't even realize that he's hungry and how to like react to that, how to feed that he Mm -hmm. should feed himself, that he should know how to open a granola. So things like that, I was helping to stave off it from progressing with um, nutrition and, uh, and his care, his routine. So I run a a caregiver support group actually at uh, Sunrise Senior Living. It's in Huntington here in Mm -hmm. Long Island. And, um, but if you want to, I guess you'll put my contact info up if anyone has questions about yeah. or wants to find out more. I'm doing a few more scam talks in the next few weeks at local communities, senior communities. Right. But, so, Judy, if people want to contact you and find out more about your programs and your expertise, what's the best way to contact you? Okay. So, for Home Instead, my, uh, I guess I'll give my email. It's mm-hmm. Judy, J U D Y dot Serino, S E R I N O at homeinstead.com and they can reach me at 631-338-4451. Right. And I know that you I've 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 looked up your um social media so I know that people can contact oh, yeah. you on, on LinkedIn and Facebook yes. so you're on there as well. Yeah. Um so that's great. So uh, once again, folks, uh, if if you miss our conversation with Judy today, uh, you can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com. Uh, just search for my show, 45 Forward. Or you can find it on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, or go to my website, Roel Resources, R-O-E-L, resources.com, and click on the 45 Forward tab, and you can listen to it there uh, as a podcast. So um, uh, be sure if you have any questions or comments for me, you can uh, email me at ron.rowell at gmail.com. So uh, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern time when I'll be talking with Elise Glink, an award-winning columnist and media personality. She talks about love, money, and real estate as we age and her latest project, Best Money Moves. So until then, folks, 
Keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. 